Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey, Dune Wrestling fans, welcome to another edition of John Arisi's Pro Wrestling Spotlight Podcast. We are the only wrestling podcast that brings you back 30 years with vintage audio featuring some of the biggest names of that time. The Pro Wrestling Spotlight covered all the news stories and breaking developments that happened in real time. And now we get to relive those moments right here on this podcast today. We will review the Pro Wrestling This Week show, which aired on 1440. WNYG in Babylon, New York, from June the 19th, 1993. And before we get to that and bring Marsh on, I do want to ask you to join our Patreon page, patreon.com slash John Arezzi. We know we can do better with this. I mean, this is the platform that um, basically uh, covers the cost for the production of this program, and that's distribution. That's paying our wonderful producer and creative director, Marsh. So um, right now, uh, we are in a position where we need your help uh, because we are not covering the full cost of the show. So I am asking you, five bucks a month gets you in the door. Five bucks a month gets you the entire archives of Pro Wrestling Spotlight. From 1989 to the present, there are other levels at $10, $25, $50, and $100. So if you wouldn't mind to bypass one cup of coffee a week at Starbucks uh, or one cup of coffee a month at Starbucks and throw that our way, we'd certainly appreciate it. $5 a month is what we're asking. And I know uh, with the numbers that we have on this podcast uh, that would be greatly appreciated. Pro Wrestling Spotlight uh, needs your help. I don't want to sound like 1992 and three, but uh, yeah, I mean, if you enjoy what we do, if you enjoy these uncut, unedited, complete episodes of uh, the program from 30 years ago, and of course, the other perks are getting the podcast early, getting the video podcast. Uh, early uh, and getting those uh, those historic shows week after week, five bucks a month. Pro Wrestling Spotlight uh, asks your help, and that is patreon.com slash John Arisi. Let's bring Marsh on. I forgot I need my little tin cup. 
Yeah, right. <laughs> so fucking reminiscent of like 30 years ago in a much different way. Like I said, this is fun for me. I'm not here to make money on this thing, really. It's just a matter of covering the cost and giving people the content. Uh, so uh, that's what we do it for. But, you know, with the number of patrons we have now, we certainly appreciate everybody that's uh, aboard. Uh, and um, five bucks a month is what we ask or ten dollars or twenty five. Uh, depending on what level you want, uh, you know, let's continue the fun. And we have a lot more to cover here uh, on this program. And then, of course, uh, we're going to uh, begin again at the first of the year and go back to April of 89 and start this whole thing all over again in a little bit of a different way with guests. And anyway, it'll be fun. We are, we're in for a good ride, which we have had Um and today is uh, kind of an interesting show because it's uh, it's the week that I'm leaving for Southeast Asia. Yeah, this is a weird time going on with you because you're leaving kind of checked out. You're kind of not. I don't know. This is all kind of a weird little window of, of your show. Like there, you feel like there's a lot of consistency with a bunch of stuff and then like this hits and it gets weirdly messy. You know? Yes, it is a little bit messy, and I wasn't very happy with uh, some of the callers that called in this week. So, uh, yeah, but you could tell I was uh, certainly um, I was stressed out because of the upcoming tour, because of the travel arrangements, because of dealing with wrestlers, dealing with, uh, you know, getting visas for the uh, performers, making sure the passports or all in order and uh it was stressful because i had not done this before this was all new to me yeah yeah uh you don't even have donnie on this one i don't he was actually in philly he had gone to philly straight from uh utica and i met him in philly and then he actually drove back on the bus because this was the day of the bus trip to philadelphia as well yeah that's why you weren't gonna have a night show so we only have a morning show that is right at night, you're going to be in Philly. That's interesting, too, because Donnie was trying to sell the bus trip as well with him being on it. He goes, oh, I'll do trivia with people on the bus. Hmm. But he wasn't even in the first one, just on the way back. Yeah, he was. Uh, and yeah, he was he was, you know, doing what he does. I mean, he was in Philly. But uh, and for me, I was just kind of like I knew I had like uh, it was probably a half empty bus anyway, because a lot of people had dropped out and I was even pitching like show up with cash and you could come to Philly with us. <laughs> you said, believe me, there are plenty of seats available on this bus. <laughs> That's the quote from it. And then you said, just show up with the cash and I'll let you ride on. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> just, the bus is leaving. Please show up. Do you remember if anyone oh. showed up last second? Would that ring a bell at all? Uh, I don't remember. I don't. Yeah. You know, all I know is like, all right, let's get it over with. Yeah. We'll see EC- ECW. And, I'd uh, have to imagine that one or two of the people who were on there got a f- convinced a friend or two. Yeah, maybe. But, you know, yeah. but it wasn't a full bus. I mean, you don't, you don't make money on the bus trips unless you're um, unless you know you're at about seventy percent capacity. Hmm. Okay. And you know, because it, it the cost of the bus, the cost of the tickets, you know, there's there's the costs that are associated with it. Um, so anyway, uh, it was, uh, this, this could have been the very last bus trip I ever did. I'm gonna, th- I'm venturing to believe that that's the case, just the way you were talking about it. Cause you even said, if this one doesn't go well, I'm not doing another one. Yeah. And 
like you said, you had your hand out on this one being like, guys, there's just an empty bus going out. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. People are weird too. They see stuff like that and go, well, you already paid for the bus. Why should I have to pay this? And then try to like nickel and dime the concept. But you're like, it came out. I, of- may, I may have to correct that because I believe when I went back to WGBB in 94, that's when ECW was just taken off. And yeah. I do believe I took a few bus trips to ECW when they turned extreme. Uh, not that I'm not that my memory is back in wrestling mode, not baseball mode today. I'll have to see if you were able to get, cause I remember there was a, a couple times you got free buses because you did advertising. Yeah. Sometimes it was a trade out. Yeah. So hopefully you got a trade out and just wanted to get a bunch of people to go. Cause it was yeah. cool. We'll find out uh, mm-hmm. in a not too distant future. Yeah. That's cool though. I liked it. I liked how much you liked doing the buses to begin with. Uh, yeah. The first few made made money though. I imagine the first I made money on some of the trips. Yeah, you know, not everyone was a bust. I mean, I, I guess even the majority of them made money, and it was always good to you know have this camaraderie with the listeners and to bring them on. And everyone had these unique personalities, and you know, the times we had Mick Foley on the bus with us, and times when Donnie was on there, and even times when my sister and Bruce Jacobs, and I mean, we'd have fun on these things. These things were always fun to do. That's cool. So, and then, uh, I remember you said Fred the Elephant Boy was a regular on the bus trips, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Fred and uh, his brother Phil were on a lot of them. They, they'd always sit in the front seat, too. And the poor bus driver had to... Uh, <laughs> smell what was coming from the seat in back of them because they always sound like they had pooped their pants <laughs> well you get it out of the way right early you don't have to worry about it later <laughs> but god bless them both and uh you know fred was a very very cool guy and um we'll be bringing uh you know once we get to the point where we do the convention of 93 uh and we made that appearance on howard stern uh, that'll be something really cool to put up there for the patrons as well. Cause I have that, that Howard Stern episode when we were in the studio. Yeah. It's a shame he passed away just this last year. Did I you know keep it. in contact with him at all? Uh, once I got back um, late 2000, uh, 2018, early 2019. Yes, we did uh, communicate and it was only on social media. So I never spoke to him, but it was on social media. He was probably happy to see you back doing stuff. Oh yeah, it totally yeah. was. Well, he was. And, you know, this is a, this is another thing. I mean, I, you hear from people um, and TJ, uh, TJ from Deer Park, one of our uh, regular callers in the NYG days. And he um, he is a friend still. I mean, he still goes to wrestling, goes to AEW. Uh, but he sent me a text and, you know, I know it's a personal text, but he sent me a text uh, over the weekend because he reconnected with Broadway Sonny Blaze and and he was uh, close with Sonny. I think they, you know, we even had some video parties together and uh, and he said he connected with Sonny Blaze and I don't need to tell you that he has the highest praise for you. You're a good man, John. Uh, and he goes, we've talked about this, but I'll say it again. You started so many friendships and you built a family. The fact that you can do this podcast proves that. This was you. You were missed when you were gone, and I was thrilled when you reappeared. And even better, you're the same John that did this thing that was so important and built a base that's still tight. Because people met 
lifelong friends. And uh, Vinny, Vinny from West Babylon, who was one of our producers, and he um, actually met his wife at one of our promotions, and they just celebrated their 29th wedding anniversary. They're over in Greece right now and traveling in Europe. And he sent me this just little message on Monday, and he was like, thanks to you and PWS, we're here celebrating our 29th wedding anniversary. So congratulations to Vinny and Andrea. And they met uh, at a promotion we did in Jericho, uh, Long Island. So, um, yeah, so I guess, you know, those little things that you do in your life and, and you make an impact on people. So um, uh, it makes me feel good every time somebody reaches out like yeah. that. And you're still doing it. You still introduce, you've introduced me to a number of people who I've now regularly in contact with and stuff. And, and then Medusa is, you know, yeah. you guys have formed a partnership and she calls me the hub, you know, cause yeah. I introduced her to Greg Oliver and, open those doors for ECW to her. I mean, that's just kind of what I did. And, and, uh, I love it when, uh, you know, I love it when I get these little messages from people and, and, uh, and, and to open a door for somebody and, if, and, it, and it turns into something really cool and good, like it has for you and, and with Medusa, cause she relies on you and you enjoy working with her and, uh, and it, it kind of increases your profile as well, you know? And, yeah. uh, and Greg Oliver, I mean, um, getting him and him, you know, getting him to do the book with me, uh, my Matt memories book, and then, you know, introducing him to Deborah, uh, and then getting him to write, uh, the Gibby book, which is still a bestseller, uh, in Canada. And it's still the number one baseball book uh, on Amazon in Canada. And it really has increased his profile. And now he's working on another book, uh, an outside of the sports world, uh, memoir for somebody that's a friend of mine, and he's now writing her book. Um, and so, I mean, it's like, it's kind of cool. Yeah. You know? It's cool to have a good enough read on people to try and keep just, try to get the people to mingle, you know, are decent folk. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah. To be able to have that kind of read and be able to kind of like, all right, let's mesh these people. And like, that's really cool. Not everyone can do stuff like that. Yeah. Trying to figure out, you know, when you're talking to someone and you, and they're looking for advice or guidance and then you start thinking, I think I know somebody that I need to connect you with, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And now well, I want John. you all to connect with us on Patreon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, really, if we could get 10 more or 15 more people at the $5 level, I mean, that means I'm not losing money on this. Yeah. I mean, it's not hard to ask, and you know, you may think I'm sounding like a shill, uh, but listen, it's like I'm not looking to get rich on this. I'm not even looking to make money. As I said, I just want to cover the costs. Yeah, and a chunk of what I get goes towards paying all the, the for the applications and stuff and the programs that I use yes. too. So it's not like it's just. And you're not I mean, getting rich on this. No, like this is my primary gig, and that's why I. Uh, married and if, up, and if we say. even had enough money to like you know have you do even more stuff for us i mean but you know yeah. the time it takes to put a clip together or a social media clip it doesn't it's not it doesn't happen in five minutes it takes a while i've been shocked at how long some stuff takes i started doing some of the shorts and i want to get back into it but it took me like an hour and a half to make a one minute short I yeah like, see? just to make it look decent but right uh, maybe i'm doing something wrong well, you know, everything that you put out there looks, you know, really aesthetically pleasing and and our YouTube 
uh, channel is doing, uh, you know, we're getting up there. We have a, a thousand five hundred and forty subscribers yeah. now. Yeah, uh, we are in that place where we can monetize it now. And um, and uh, so code, you know, check that out. There's a lot of content on there and there'll be more That's coming too. If you don't even want to get on the Patreon, you just start sharing out the, our links to people and tell your friends to no, watch it. Both. That's come too. I mean, do both. both. <laughs> <laughs> good call. I like I like coffee, so I need them yeah. to be pitching me a coffee once a month. Uh, let's get into the show. Uh, oh, what was it? June. Oh, it's this a show. June. It was show number uh, two hundred and twenty-five. Five, I think. Yes. Yeah. This is how basically how you opened the show mm-hmm. because you didn't have Donnie. You kind of are just in there figuring out as you go. You're going to talk a little bit of news and you kind of move on. And I'm riffing you. Yeah. And you take callers the whole show because you just have you have nothing like nothing prepared. It seems like you have no guests. You have no agenda. You have no things you needed to hit. So you're just like, let's just get in there and open the phones. And that's what we did. Okay, better late than never, I always say, and here we are again. Madonna, a sex maniac? Madonna, a sex maniac. We're going through, that's why it took us so long to get on the air today, because we were reviewing the uh, Sex Maniacs 2 collector's card set, of course, exclusively available at LNSCollop.com. Comics right now, and we'll go into that in a little bit when we read their spot. And they also uh, gave us a complimentary copy of... The Woody Allen story, that's right, here it is, with a full color Sunyi pinup. <laughs> Woody Allen and the sex maniacs. Look, look at this, and then they have the Mia Farrow story. Interesting reading, and of course, available at LNS Comics. And we will be talking about that. But of course, we're here to talk wrestling. I'm here with Bruce Jacobs, producer of this illustrious program. And, um, this is kind of a bon voyage uh, show for us as we are packing and getting ready to depart this country on Thursday uh, to head over to Southeast Asia for a three-week stint, uh, close to three weeks, in various different uh, places, exotic locales like uh, Manila in the Philippines, Hong Kong, Singapore, and other ports of call that we shall be arriving in. We've been gearing ourselves up and, of course, uh, uh, stockpiling weapons. <laughs> uh, just due to the fact that... Uh, My question to you, John, is which which stop are you most looking forward to and which stop are you least looking forward to? I'm looking forward mostly to the um, trip home. The trip home, right? And at least looking forward to the trip there? The trip there, yes. 20 hours each way. And, of course, we're bringing a number of different wrestling celebrities, personalities over with us, a crew of about 25. Actually, I'd be happy to know. I spoke to the Cheetah Kid last night. He said it was only about a 13-hour plane ride. Oh, really? That's what he told me. That's what he told me. He's been there before. I said, boy, you just saved me seven hours of grief. 13 hours? That's all it was? Well, whether it is or not, I don't know. But that's what he told me. Wow. Yeah, Cheetah Kid was out last night uh, enjoying the festivities. Uh, we had a little bit of a Bon Voyage fest- barbecue at the house. What was that word? Festivities. That continued till about, jeez, uh, what time? 4 a.m.? About 4 a.m. Yes. So, And here we are. Uh, lots of big news in wrestling, of course, this week, Bruce. Uh, Hulk Hogan, uh, the man that, uh, what that pay-per-view, <laughs> was that pay-per-view last week? 
<laughs> Prepared this is not going to be... Actually, Hulk Hogan lost the WWF title in a big surprise last... Uh, I think it was last Sunday, wasn't it? You predicted it. That's right. You predicted it. It was a prediction that came true, and also the Steiner brothers won the WWF Tag Team titles Monday in Columbus, Ohio, against Money, Inc. Uh, So those were two big stories. Uh, Jushin Thunder Liger breaking his leg in a match with Two Cold Scorpio in Japan. But the biggest news of all... No, it's not... For the party? Yeah, not Ric Flair coming back to the ring as he did Thursday night in a great, great tag team match at uh, the WCW Clash of the Champions. Hulk Hogan, as uh, we are trying to find out more information regarding this situation, Hulk Hogan pulling out of all his dates, or the vast majority of his dates, for Titan Sports in July. So what does that mean? Has Hogan got up and left the wrestling business? Maybe That's something that will... Huh? Maybe he wants to go on tour? Yeah, should we give him a call? And then I'll really be called a hypocrite. There's a lot there in the opening of that show, and that now I know why I sounded so tired because of the party the night before, uh, before even discussing the Sex Maniac uh, collector's cards. Uh, I remember it vividly. Uh, Ted Petty came over. We did have a, a Bon Voyage party. Um, I had just rented uh, a house in West Babylon, probably a month before, you know, on the proceeds that were coming in from the tour. And, uh, uh, you know, I made a nice chunk of change on that tour. So uh, for my mom and I was able to rent this beautiful uh, little house in West Babylon with a beautiful finished basement, you know, that I turned into an office. And, and so this party was, um, I remember it, uh, because it was, you know, my sister, my mom, uh, her crazy, uh, my sister's fr- friend Vivian, who's still friends with us today. Um, Ted Petty had come over. Uh, the Power Twins, I believe, were there, and Mick Foley was there as well. And we had a we had a, a blast. We had a barbecue. Had a, you know had some beers, and and it and it lasted till about four in the morning. So in this show, that's why it was hardly any sleep, and I was probably definitely hungover when I went on the air. Yeah, you sounded definitely giggly. Yeah, I was a little I was a little uh, out of sorts, <laughs> loopy. I was a little loopy, but yeah. Uh, that was that was kind of cool because I, I have I have a lot of pictures from that uh, that party as well that I'm gonna have to try to find so maybe we'll put those up uh, as a little f- extra bonus photo set for patrons or something I'm gonna have to uh, dig cool. some out uh, because there's some <laughs> some crazy pictures that were taken that night for sure. Um, Cheetah Ed, Kid, uh, Ted Petty, yeah, uh, Rock or Rock. Yeah, Rock yeah, yeah. Rock. yeah, yeah. Because yeah, we were using his ring, yeah, uh, for overseas, and he was, oh. you know, of course, coming over to perform uh, as uh, uh, both the Cheetah Kid he used, which was a name he used on the independent scene, and Ted Petty, and the other name he used on the tour um, was Honest Mario Savoldi. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, in the ring overseas, he was. You know, billed as Honest Mario Savoldi. Fantastic. Which was obviously a little dig to Mario. Uh, At the time, I never had any heat with Mario, so 
I'm just saying what Mr. Petty did. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, and then, uh, you know, and then on a, obviously in the beginning, it was all about those, uh, the trading cards in that new Woody Allen comic. <laughs> yeah. Fresh off the heels of the Amy Fisher success comic book. <laughs> I know. I mean, that was another big scandal at the time was Woody Allen with his, uh, I guess his adopted daughter, Soon Yi. He was married to Mia Farrow. There have been documentaries on HBO about this and lawsuits. And and uh, it was crazy. Yeah. It, it was, was nuts, crazy. too, that like, so that comic book came out. And around the same time, these Sex Maniacs 2 trading cards came out. Yeah. And Woody Allen was on the cover of that, too. Like, yeah. yeah. I found the I found the cards online. They're like 20 you bucks. Did? Yeah. You did? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I got some pictures I'll share during this, but um, oh please, uh, it was neat. It was a bunch of drawings on the front, mm-hmm. and then the back was a description of the sex scandal involving that person. Yeah, yeah, it was the same uh, artist I believe who did the Amy Fisher comic, right? Yes, yeah. Boy, Larry it's... from LNS, you know, he went out of his way to bring some really unique, <laughs> rare items into that store. That's true, but you also mentioned that. The... I thought you talked about it being exclusive to LNS. Did Larry like commission people to make stuff for his show? Shop? We have to ask him that next time we bring him on, which I hope will be in a few weeks when we get back from overseas. And then we yeah. do Jake the Snake. Uh, Got to cover the Jake the Snake appearance over there at LNS. Because all this that. stuff's like limited and exclusive to LNS. And I'm wondering if it's exclusive to the area or literally exclusive to LNS because the stuff yeah. still floats around. And what a wild time that comic books are the the response to media frenzies right you know like you don't see that stuff now there's no yeah. new vince comic book coming out because he's gets booted from wwe you know what i mean no not at all interesting it was yeah that would that set the show off in an interesting way to open yeah. it but i know there's a full commercial of that lns uh sex maniacs 2 set <laughs> that yeah uh, will be in the unedited uh uh, version uh, of the you know complete version of the show that'll be up on Patreon. Yeah, that, I I didn't pull the clip on that one partially because you underlay a lot of your commercials with copyrighted music. Yeah, and that that's bit us in the butt a couple of times. So some of those commercials, the ad reads that are so funny and cool, like that one's nuts. You kind of go off for a little while because you're like kind of blown away by the ridiculous nature of it. Talk about the WWF card that's in that set. Um but it's under underlined with music that I didn't want to mess with. So, yeah, well, yeah, I just uh, learned that when I put up uh, that promo uh, on Twitter yesterday on the little, on the music video from the IWAS tour. Yeah. Yeah. So that got flagged on Facebook, (laughs) but it got flagged. It was like certain countries we can't play this in. So, so some people are liking it. I don't know what the algorithms are, who sees it, who doesn't see it. Some people have seen it. Some people commented on it, but I thought it would get bigger numbers, but uh, maybe it's because uh, there's a filter and some people aren't even seeing it or they're seeing it muted. Who the hell knows? Yeah. I'm not Mark Zuckerberg. I don't know what the deal is there. Or not a fan of Musk. <laughs> no. Uh, but all right. So you do try to pedal the, the bus trip again right here. It's a good word. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you run some ads, uh, and then you just get right into the callers. But right before you get into the callers, uh, Dennis Knight is in studio hanging out with you mm-hmm. again. Not the, not 
Dennis Knight, who would later become uh, a Midian. This is Dennis, who was uh, going out with uh, uh, a girl that was good friends of my family's. That's when I met Dennis, and he was in the studio, and he, you know, wanted to be a wrestler and helped out at my conventions, and just a hell of a guy, you know. Yeah. But uh, yeah, he'd stopped in, and as people typically do. They'll come in and sit down and, you know, he's no James from Seaford, but, uh, uh, but it was good to have him there. Yeah. It's kind of funny that you mentioned that because he says that he's going to start dedicating his matches to ladies that are ringside. He was going to start like, <laughs> and you kept calling him Sir Dennis Knight. Because <laughs> so really good. But you get into the callers. And so I'm going to go ahead and start off here with your first caller. Always punctual. Brian from Long Beach. Yes. But Brian from Long Beach, you are first here. How's it going, John? And first in our hearts at the show. <laughs> Hi. Hi. Um, they just announced on TV the Steiners lost the title Wednesday. To who? They didn't, I think Money Inc. They didn't really say it. They just said the Steiners won it Monday in Columbus. They lost it Wednesday by controversy. Oh, really? What yeah, happened? Jack Tunney uh, had a little... Had a little quirk in his personality that day and took it away from him? <laughs> well, I'm not sure. That's, I'm trying to figure out who they lost it to. The hedge, well, right now they're at ringside during a hedge drinkers match. That's why. Well, keep us informed. Yeah, and um, also, I want to ask you about something because I read it in Meltzer's newsletter. I heard that Hogan, Beefcake, Virgil, Papa Shango, and Jimmy Hart and Ted DiBiase were caught in a strip bar in um, Winnipeg. They were in a strip bar in Winnipeg? Yeah. Well, I guess they're men. <laughs> okay, thanks a lot, John. <laughs> Take care. Wow. Yeah, yeah, Hogan. What's happening with Hulk Hogan? Is he gone or what? You know, that is the big question that uh, has been speculated upon the last couple of days because he did pull out a lot of those dates in July, most of the dates for the WWF, and everyone's wondering what the heck is going on. So uh, once we know, we will certainly pass it along to you right here at the program when we return. Or, jeez, uh, you guys are going to be without any wrestling news next week at all. It's going to be interesting. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's going to be interesting. Hey, listen, I got one thing to say. Wrestlers at a strip club. That's <gasps> something that never happens. It's unbelievable. I can't <laughs> believe that five or six names that he mentioned yeah. all together at a strip club. I mean, what's what was the world coming to in 1993? If people hear that, if people dig this up and find it, those guys are done for. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, 
I like that too because your attitude towards that was kind of a lot of the attitude that I personally have with a lot of the the newsletters that are out now where you read something and you go is that news mm-hmm. like because he's like oh I heard they were there and you're like yeah well probably were like yeah and <laughs> wait till you hear about some of the escapades that took place on the IWAS tour <laughs> yeah I actually, I actually uploaded the episodes for next week. I mean, with the two shows uh, from overseas, one from the Philippines, one from Singapore. And um, I guess Johnny Rotten and Pat Tanaka, uh, Mike Dorham, you know, who became um, um, Johnny Grunge in ECW. Um, they crashed <laughs> while they were in the Philippines. And we'll talk about this on the show next week in more detail. But they had crashed a birthday party for Imelda Marcos. <laughs> they actually got because it was at the Manila Hotel. That's where we were staying. So they actually went right into this birthday party and they met Imelda Marcos's grandson. Who actually took them to meet his grandmother. And I do remember that they did come to one of the shows we did in the Philippines after that. <laughs> That's so crazy. It is. There's a lot mm-hmm. of escapades that we'll be getting into uh, when we go into detail on the tour. But anyway, Brian from Long Beach, Brian Last, um, you know, fascinated with the uh, report on the guys going into the strip clubs. So funny. I know, because what was the follow-up? Because he goes, oh, I read that. And then you're just like, well, I guess they're men. Like, he didn't have like, a <laughs> follow-up. <men. laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah but it's like just kind of funny because he's like oh my god the signers lost i can't figure out to who and then i read this article that guys went to a strip club like he didn't have a he was a kid too what was he 13 yeah. maybe back then Gotta be, yeah yeah but it's just funny because also funny given that he's usually very precise with his questions and what he's looking for yes this one is. was so much more vague brian you know yeah but still cool it's got a kick out of it. And then Hogan pulling out of the dates. You're shaking your newspaper. Like, what are you guys going to do without me? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you run some more ads for some shows. The Farmingdale show's coming up. You have a yeah. special package rate for that. That's the Benefit Starlet Foundation one. Yeah, we go into that a little bit more in the next uh, episodes as well. So we find out what the hell how, was how going on. There was a big problem. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> It did not go smoothly. It's a big, big problem. Yes. Uh, you mentioned in there because I remember asking you last week, do you remember who Paulie had for his danger zone segment? And uh, you said, if I had to guess, probably a soap opera star. It was announced on this one. It's going to be a star from all my children. Yes. So you nailed that. Yeah. So uh, I forgot her name. She was at my convention also. She sang the national anthem and she has uh, passed away recently. Uh, and I don't remember her name fully, uh, but she was the person that they were discussing it with. Yeah, beautiful yeah. young woman. That's cool. Uh, one of the things I get a kick out of is just the way stuff was talked about back then and the way you promoted things. Because as you're listing the, the card and the matches and the deals, at one point you go, there will be midgets on the card. And then you yeah. keep going like, like just announcing that there's that they're going to be there. Not even like that there's this one versus that one, or you may yeah. have heard of this. It's just hey, guys. <laughs> hey, they they yeah. were on every wrestling poster ever, really, if you look at because the you know, it was the always an and the world famous midgets. 
yeah. without ever t- saying who it was. Isn't that neat? It's kind of a weird kind of attraction concept. Well, it's a whole new world that we live in. You can't even say it today. You know, I'm talking no. about what, he, what we did 30 years ago. But if you say that today, in any sense, you're going to get canceled for yeah. discriminating against uh, uh, a minority group. And uh, yeah, but that's the way it was 30 years ago. Yeah. And that's what I get a kick out of is that there's no way you would even like, I mean, it's almost. I can't imagine anything else you can list that way. You, like you wouldn't say there's going to be women wrestling and keep moving. You know right. what I mean? Like, right. It, it was just that level of an attraction and that yeah. generalized of an attraction. Yeah. Just kind of fascinating out here in my, my town, we have um, a local uh, promotion. It's mm-hmm. little people. people. Yeah. I mean, they just ran it. Didn't they just run a show somewhere in Jersey? There was a, uh, a show that was very well attended. That was all, uh, little people wrestling yeah yeah there's like kind of a big upstart on it right now too and i think it's kind of cool well they never got but, their due years ago that's true and they got screwed over that whole yeah we covered that in your past episodes like yeah uh but yeah i just thought that was kind of funny because i i laughed at the audacity that 30 years ago that's how you could just pitch something <laughs> um Jim from Watu calls in. He was asking about Vinny Vegas being on the WWF Power Hour. Uh, because he left, I guess. On the WCW Power Hour. Oh, WCW Power Hour. Yeah, 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 yeah. But he so was it, uh, he was the bodyguard for for, for Shawn Michaels at that yeah. time as well. Because he had just left WCW and then it was probably a quick transition one from one federation to the other. Yeah. You said it was likely an old recording, and he thought there was some weird uh something nefarious going on that he was playing nefarious. both sides yes wow. that word nefarious who knows what wow. was going on yeah <laughs> should investigate uh, that he asks you but this guy was crazy like not in a bad way no like, kidding crazy, but yeah <laughs> but he just rattled off a bunch of stuff you want to know he goes what's going on with george Steele?" and you're like uh retired in florida he goes how about piper what's going on with piper and you're like uh he's in oregon he's kind of testing out for films he goes all right killer con like he's like going down this list he has, and you're like, "That's a name from the past." You're like, I have no idea where Killer Con. He goes, "All right," and then he like hangs up. Like, so he didn't say anything. Uh, like he didn't say like uh, something really bad at the end that comes no. later on in the show. He just was almost like he's almost like had a list of things he wanted to hit on, right? And all these names that obscure names, like where are they now? Names. I mean, those are the things that always got me. Like, what the hell do I know? I don't know where everybody is. Yeah, right. And especially on that show, being as hungover as I was, <laughs> and my head not in the right space anyway. Yeah, you're like, let's call him up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you talk about the King of the Ring, how much you liked it. You really put over Bret Hart, that all his matches were just great. And you talk about how Hogan lost the match to Yoko with the photographer. Yeah. fire. Uh, See, I was, said, I was right on my predictions, right? I, yeah. I predicted Brett and I predicted Hogan losing, right? To yeah, for a while you did, yeah. Because a few callers called in weeks before saying they don't see Hogan losing here. Who do you think is going to be? Like, I'm confident it's going to be Yoko. Uh, but you said it was Ikeo Sato, one of the original of the Orient Express members who played mm-hmm. the photographer. I don't remember that ever having a payoff. Like, they never came back around with the photographer or revealed who no, he was. No, it was anything, just right? kind of a way to lose the title, and they just kind of dropped it, and it didn't continue after that. Just so weird, because that would have been... That would have made a ton of sense mm-hmm. because of Mr. Fuji. Yep. And they could have done it more. 
Yes. And you have more fire, and fire is great. Right. <laughs> like, yeah, it could have weird... yeah, it could have been something that they could have built upon. Yeah. And then when, because I always wondered who it was, I never really like looked into it much. But once you said it, I looked it up, and I was like, this was perfectly set up to keep going, and they just dropped it. Mm. Just insane to me. A lot of effort for nothing. Uh, you like Clash of Champions, Bob from Point Pleasant calls in again about the Four Horsemen, and he talks about Roma. You had mentioned that Weppner was going to be a guest referee at the Farmingdale show, mm. and he said that he saw him like in a spot in a wrestling match locally where he was like boxing at a wrestler because they kind of like got in his face, and he starts punching him back. And you said we should get him in there with Paulie. I think you're still a little bitter from the other show. Mm. <laughs> uh, but then Adam from Levittown calls in, and that's what I got here right now. Let's go back to the phone, 661-1440. Adam from Levittown. Hey, John, how you doing? How are you, Adam? Pretty good. Uh, Razor's finally fighting the kid this weekend. Looks that way on Raw, right? Yeah. You think kid's going to win again? Yeah. Is Razor going to turn good there? or? Is uh, I think it'll happen right after that, to tell you the truth. Um, what they announced it on, on TV this, this morning, that the ex- challenge was accepted finally? Uh, last, last Monday night they said it was going to happen. Oh, I missed that show. Uh, also, um, why does WWF keep changing titles back and forth? It's like they can't figure out who they want to run to, you know, to rule the company as champ. Well, I'm sure they were hoping that Hogan would pop the houses uh, live, and uh, you know, that's that's one thing. You know, Hogan really didn't defend the title that much out there. He was in mostly tag team matches, and the houses were horrendous when he was out there. Uh, there's really no formula. It's like it's just what they're trying to find out what's going to work, and. Uh, Nothing's working. It's like with Michaels and Janetti. Janetti wins the belt, and you know, it just makes a big splash on the scene. And then, when the Steiners, if they won Monday night and lost Wednesday, from what we were informed about here on the program today, uh, that's pretty weird. Don't make sense. It's getting like WCW used to be. Well, maybe we could bring a few Ganyas into the WWF to straighten things out. <laughs> okay, John. Is that it? Yeah. Have a good trip. Thanks, Adam. Talk in a couple weeks. Okay. Nothing much to unpack in that one. Not a bunch, but I thought it was interesting because the complaint about the championship sort of being passed around a lot, and I know mm-hmm. that's still a conversation people have about what makes a title meaningful and long runs versus short runs. And I mean, I just think well, about in a couple it's years. It's only gotten worse. Well, I mean, at this point, Roman's held it for years. Yeah. And now, and when I think about what's about to come up in the Attitude Era, The Rock... Stone Cold, Shawn Michaels, Bret Hart, Foley. Uh, Foley. It was a hot Ain, potato. Undertaker. Ain. I mean, yeah. you go on and on and on. I mean, the, the the longevity of champions, those days were about to be over. I mean, it wasn't until really Roman. But they also screwed that up because now you have Seth as a world champion, yeah. right? Yeah. Roman has not one, not two, but three belts he brings into the ring. Yeah, so that's a little confusing. It's been um, much. Yeah, so uh, you know, I was always under the impression that when you're a champion, you hold on to the belt. And I, I don't believe like in brand, like even AEW with this title, TNT title, this title, the TBS title, the AEW title. They have like 18 freaking titles, and it loses its it loses the credibility and the importance of a championship where I grew up in an era where it was Bruno, okay? Mm-hmm. There was one champion. It was Bruno, at least in the Northeast, right? 
and Bruno was the champion for years. And then Koloff, and they only had transitional champions when they were moving the title from one to the other, and that guy only held it for a week or a month or whatever. Um, but in today's business, I mean, it's just like you can't keep track of who's held the title, and the titles don't mean anything. And they did a unification match on the women's stuff, and then uh, even I, I watched uh, Money in the Bank. I did watch that entire show. thought it was really good, but uh, then, you know, taken um the unification title that was done the week earlier and then having um Shayna Baszler turn on Ronda and then the other team winning it and you know I think Ronda's on a way out unfortunately you know they just have misused her and not booked her properly and I hate that I'm going off on a tangent because I'm a big fan of Ronda's but uh I heard some stuff today or read some stuff today rather uh that uh uh, Dana White's ready to make her a uh, a pretty substantial offer to get back into the UFC. Wow. Okay. I think Ronda's fantastic. I think the fans have yes. just bucked against her forever. Well, because they haven't booked her right, too. I mean, when she came in, she was hot as a pistol. I mean, she was, like, yeah. hot. And she's not best on the promos. So, you know, if you're going to have someone who's weak on promos, you put somebody with them that could be the mouthpiece, and that should have been Paul Heyman. Yeah, it should have been. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, and the uh, and the UFC stuff. I mean, now that Endeavor is by you know merging WWE with UFC, and they were pushing Ronda on some uh, video packages as this her credibility and where she came from and coming into yeah. the. So maybe there's something going on behind the scenes there where she's going to transition back into UFC, which is going to be a part of WWE anyway. Now. Yeah. That makes that sense, right? Yeah, it does. I got kind of a fan question for you, as at coming from a fan standpoint, because because I was obviously grew up in a slightly different era as far as championships go. I grew up watching the Attitude Era, where I'm watching the, the kind of bounce back and forth. All right, I'm gonna hold and, you right there. Hold one second. I'm gonna say Marsh from Phoenix. What's your question? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Growing up in the in the Attitude Era, I think about the champion levels, right? That we had the rock undertaker, all those guys we just listed. Mm -hmm. And I felt like in hindsight, when the butt was flopping between them, it made them all seem like credible champion possibilities. Like, do we have that level of, of greatness if they don't all get a turn with the title, at least a little bit, like, does that get in the back of our psyche? Like, does a Roman being champion forever or a Bruno being champion forever, does it discredit some of the the contenders who otherwise maybe would have been known as greats, but maybe they're not because they never were a champion. They were always yeah. just like a big time I mean, loser. It was a different way it was promoted too, because back then they'd bring a guy in specifically for a title run, you know, yeah. and they'd build this person up yeah. on TV for three, six, nine weeks before they got their match. So they were built up and then you'd have the, the B levels like the Strongbows and all of that who were just there. Yeah. But it was always feeding the champion, you know, these these credible heels who would come in and get a big TV push, do their run with the champion, and then kind of then segue towards the bottom of the card. There was always somebody new, like the way they do it today, where it's like everyone, you know, it's like there's yeah. no uh there's no build up really to someone going yeah. up the ladder. Yeah, they just don't do that anymore. 
like anyone loses it's 50 50 you win tonight you know next week he's gonna go over i mean it's just it's the way it's promoted and the way it's booked today is so different yeah it's just yeah it was just a a, a thought i had had thinking like we had all these world champions floating about and then i think about like even like the Bruno era, like just from, cause I wasn't around or watching or alive for a big chunk of that. In my mind, it's like, who else was big that during that era that I've heard about? Yeah. And it's only a couple guys. And I wonder if that's because you just had one major person for so long that these other guys who could have been to you, they're greats, but to history, it's just another name of a card on a card. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah. And they did that with the tag team division too, though, back then too, that was like, yeah. all right, so you have a, either a babyface tag team as champions or heel. And then there would be a new team that comes in that you knew that they were going to be the contender. You just had that feeling. Uh, it was just totally the way the philosophy, the booking, especially yeah. when it came to uh, championship contenders, it's night and day. There's no yeah. comparison to, to the way it was. That's true. There was such a focus on their, on who was going to be contending at some point this person just made it here and they're gunning for the thing but they have to go this way to get it especially yeah. when you think about memphis it's always that way with lawler and right. jimmy hart bringing in this guy this is my next guy who we're going to get to that point like right it was a it was a well uh, it was a, it was a you know it was a uh, it was a a good way of doing it and it was a different way of doing it and it was a very successful way of doing it back then yeah all right just a question. I hope no one minds that went on a little bit of a new era conversation. Thanks, Marsh from Phoenix. Yeah. Uh, after that, you read the ad for LNS Comics and the Sex Maniacs 2 card deck. Mm. So everyone look out for that. There's a WWF card, and that's why you wanted to put it over. Because there's one card. I didn't that's read it, logo. though. No. You wouldn't read it. I said like that. A... I wouldn't read it. I'm not going to read the back of this card. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah the front was just a logo for the thing that's the other thing is all of the the pictures of the cards were people this was the wwf as a whole and so i i'm as guessing a, as an entity yeah <laughs> <laughs> and it's this old place is a mess uh right after that you get this really interesting caller who wanted to talk to you about the convention and your asia trip it's kevin from lindenhurst okay Kevin from Lindenhurst has been holding for a while, and uh, Kevin, are you there? Hello, John, how you doing? Hey, Kevin. How's it going, all right? Okay. Okay, uh, have you decided when you're going to have the wrestling convention? Yeah, we're going to do it in October. Oh, geez, October? Yeah, you know. Cool start. <laughs> well, it'll be on a weekend. All right, cool. You know, we'll have it, uh, be plenty of time to promote it and advertise it. I want to do some real special things uh, to keep the tradition going, and unfortunately, or fortunately, however you want to look at it, Fortunately for me, unfortunately for a lot of the fans who expect a convention in August, uh, this tour that I've been organizing for the last uh, several months has just been a, just a tremendous amount of work. To yeah, work. I could imagine. <laughs> uh, it is a major, major undertaking, dealing with the customs and the embassies right. and uh, the government of China. It's like, uh, and the personalities that you're taking. You know, uh, we had some changes on the thing. Uh, Lightning Kid was supposed to come with us, and he got scooped up by uh, the WWF. Then uh, we had to uh, uh, tell Jim Helwig to take his 
his attitude and shove it up where the sun don't shine. So we had well, to get rid what of What exactly happened with him? Because uh, well, it was one a time he was like real good friends with you. No, I, yeah, well, see, the thing is that, that friendship really started when he appeared on Pro Wrestling Spotlight, you know, and I really respected his honesty on the air. Well, and, I remember listening to your show, and he was real truthful to the fans. Yes, he was right? very, very, it was a great, great uh, program. It was probably one of the best shows we've That's ever right. done. Uh, and then I started talking to him. I was trying to organize this tour, and I said, well, you know, would you be willing to come, come aboard and, and, and headline this thing? Because uh, we gave the promoters overseas a list of names, and, uh, you know, his name obviously was one that they said, yeah, let's bring him aboard. So I made a deal with the guy, uh, and uh, he faxed me letters of agreement saying that uh, he would do it for this amount of money, and all of a sudden he goes over to Europe for another tour, and he comes back with the... Demands that were just outrageous, you know. Each day we try to uh, satisfy his demands, and they were getting more ludicrous. Uh, for example, one of the demands was he was getting ten thousand pounds of merchandise made for the tour. Wow! And he wanted me to pay for the shipping. Uh, that's and then it, and not then not cut us in on the profits of of the of the sales. Uh, and then just done it, you know. Especially what happened to him in the WWF. I mean, he should just taken your side, you know, being an independent uh, promoter. And just taking your side, and and maybe you two could have probably started your own wrestling uh, alliance or something. I mean, you know, because obviously he was fed up with the WWF. I don't know what kind of agreement he had with Vince McMahon. Obviously, for him to uh, do what he did to you wasn't uh, right. Well, you know, I, it really frustrated me because here was that you make a deal with somebody, you expect that a deal is a deal, and then uh -huh. finally his last uh, his last demand was like. Uh, he wanted a certain amount of money in his bank account by Monday at 5 o'clock. This is like, uh, right. and I said, well, you know. It doesn't work that way unless you start doing the shows and make some money. Yeah, it doesn't well, work that way. I just, I, I, I said something and I hung up on him and that was, uh, that was, the, that was the end of it. Well, just a shame. But uh, we wanted to, me and David Schwartz from BAU, we wanted to do like a live remote. And we had that all planned up for like the end of August, like the SummerSlam weekend. Yeah. And uh, that's why, you know, I, I don't know, would it be possible if you can call up Dave's show today? I know you have the bus trip at 2 o'clock. Do you have that, like, a portable phone? No, I don't. Oh, jeez, because, uh, you know, we, if we knew about your uh, bus trip, we would have, you know, gave you plugs and everything. Mm -hmm. That's one thing, you know, where, you know, we used to do in the beginning when we first started our show two years ago. We used to give everybody plugs that was out there. And, you know, it's just, you know, it's a shame that, you know, we... We didn't get this all, you know, planned out. We would have gave you, you know, a push and everything. Well, I appreciate with the bus, it. You know, with the bus trip. But any time you want to call up, okay. you, know, we, we, you know, we work out at 90.3 BAU. Right. We get listeners all the way out to New Jersey sometimes, you know. Sometimes the uh, signal travels that far. And if, you know, if you ever need anything, just, you know, give us a call. We'd be more than glad. Maybe we can work something out, promote your... Uh, your convention for the, you know, in October, we'd be more than glad to. Well, sure, I know Dave for a long time, and uh, I haven't talked to him in a while, but... Uh, you know, he's more than, you know, he's finished with school right now, you know, I have another semester left, that's why, you know, <laughs> you know, I have uh, the final semester, I have to get my grade point average up so I can get into law school, hopefully, and, uh, you know, if anything comes along, you know, if you want to promote the show, you know, you can always give us a call, you know, at BAU. Well, I appreciate it. More than glad it. to help you. Appreciate right, it very much, and, uh, Kevin. Lots of luck in the Orient. Thank you. Okay? Take, Take care. Bye-bye. Take care, Kevin. Okay, yeah, yes, I tell you, the ultimate warrior, the man formerly known as. But, uh, you know, that was the deal with the, the, the tour. That's why I'm, I'm really, I really feel bad in a way that we're not doing a convention uh, at the end of August like we usually do. But to do a quality convention, uh, and I, I really have prided myself on uh, doing quality conventions for the fans, uh, there is not enough time. By the time I get back, you're looking at a month, and it's just there's no way to promote it 
And there was no there was no way to even to combine the two projects, my tour overseas and the convention, because it was just too much, you know. So it's, it's really like a one man operation, and uh, just too too much to do. So October, I promise we're gonna have a great convention, and I think everyone will be satisfied with the uh, personalities that we'll be bringing aboard, and some of the different events that we'll have planned for that big weekend of champions, which will take place in October. Yeah, and yeah, he had you know. Everyone was accustomed to the last three were in August around SummerSlam weekend. And the other thing that I didn't mention was at that time, we were still uh, closing in on what date we were going to run in L.A. for AAA. Oh, yeah. So we had had uh, three or four different options and the show actually wound up being August 28th. So that was another reason that I, you know, uh, even though I was involved with the promotion, uh, I was, you know, we couldn't talk about it because we were still putting it together. And and so Ron Scholar also was like, you know, we, we're not even going to talk about it until it's solidified and we have the, the, the date done. Uh, so, uh, yeah, that was another reason why. But, yeah, people really enjoyed that. And doing it in October, I don't know if it hurt um, the attendance overall but I was in the middle of so many different things at that time. And I was also doing a show in Dallas uh, as well. So there was a lot going on. Yeah. And plus you were already getting flack for being with IWAS. If they heard you were also helping out with AAA. Yeah. Oh, Bruce Mitchell would have had at you. Woo. I'm telling you, so we had so many comments from people about that, um, about that deal with Mitchell last week. And he's not, he's not a liked guy. <laughs> Who is David Schwartz? Uh, David was a uh, student of Adelphi University, rest, big wrestling fan, and they started a, a weekly wrestling talk show there. And uh, we actually partnered with them to use their remote co- equipment um, in the 1991 convention because they let them broadcast from there. And then we were able to use their equipment to do our live remote mm. from uh, from the convention in 91. So yeah, he was a good guy, and he's still, you know, he, he's uh, he's a you know a member of the Pro Wrestling Spotlight private Facebook group. He still listens to the po- he listens to the podcast. Good guy, smart guy, and uh, and this gentleman who had called was uh, the guy that he co-hosted the show with, and they were good people, you know, and they did uh, they did a good they did a good job on that uh, on that college show. Yeah, I thought it was interesting. They're like, hey, do you have are you gonna have a cell phone? You can call in from the bus to the show. Like I thought that was kind of a neat pitch yeah yeah well yeah i I didn't have a cell phone i didn't get a cell phone to the 90s man till like i think it was i think i got my first cell phone when i went back and started working in radio and that was like 97 or 98 did paulie have a working shoot cell phone as well as a working cell phone or did he just have one cell phone that didn't work um, I'm sure by this time, because they were now, you can get them, even though they were yeah. very costly. Um, I'm sure that he had a, a real one. Yeah. Not the gimmick one that he, you know, with the antenna that he'd carry around with him. I just wondered that for a little bit, especially because like, I mean, you hear Cornette talk about when he was coming up, how he was having to pretend to be a rich kid and it was, you know, a little well, costly. He didn't have to pretend that he was a rich kid. 
Well, he didn't have the money that he was pretending to have. And so he had to like do some weird things to kind of like portray that early on until he got to the place where he is kind of how he's told the story. Uh, Polly's never had any problems financially. Came from Mm -hmm. a pretty affluent uh, household. His dad was a big time lawyer. Yeah, you did mention something along those lines when you. No, I mean he 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 lived in Scarsdale, which if you even today, it's uh I think the number one most affluent city in the country. (laughs) This day. All right. Sounds good. Well, I was just curious. That's a good good call. He was not. Oh yeah, good call. Struggling. Uh, right after that, I'm a little um. I'm just going to apologize, apologize in advance. I didn't realize David Schwartz was an active listener. Uh, he comes up again in this next clip. Let's go back to the phone. Six, six. Whoa. <laughs> I just spilled the whole cup of coffee on myself in here. Thank you very much. Uh, Neil from Massapequa. How you doing, John? How's it going? All right? I'm a little wet right now. <laughs> yeah. but it's okay. Well, uh, listen, I ordered to your uh, wrestling newsletter. When will it be coming? Well, you know, that's another situation which uh, what we're doing right now, if you heard the EVD show, uh, we're offering refunds to anyone who has issues coming to them because it's just a situation where I don't have the time to do it. I want to do it again, but it's just the time is... Uh, the time I don't have the time to put it together, to be honest with you. Well, my friend David Schwartz is a cocksucker. Oh, yeah, that's very nice. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. <laughs> there you go. I almost left in the extended pause as you're waiting to go to break because there's just like four or five seconds of just dead air before the ads kick in because you were not prepared to go to break. No, and I was also pissed. dripping with coffee. <laughs> yeah. You're covered with coffee. You couldn't stop the guy from saying his thing. No, and so he had no, like... no delay at the station. And I had I had said that word once on a college show, mm-hmm. and uh, I got suspended because it went out. I muttered it under my breath. I was like, "Cop supper," <laughs> to the little person who was our sports director who hated wrestling. That's what. Before we get before we move on, mm-hmm. I'm, I I want to do this for patrons, right? Okay. And it is. Um, I want to reunite one of my dearest friends, Larry Simmons from the college days, who was my engineer, and um, Vinny Kais, who was uh, an on-air personality back at Graham Junior College. And I have a few of these college shows, and I and I've talked to both of them, and they're willing to come on to do a look back and play some clips from the college shows and it does have that infamous uh confrontation i had with the uh little person who was the program director lester singleton who was the sports director rather who when he hung up on that call i muttered that that word um and later that night at a party he he tried to attack me with a hammer wearing a santa claus hat And I mean, it's really not a lot of wrestling stuff. It's really a lot of phone calls of people making imitations. And there was a famous uh, letter I received from Randy Smith from Tulsa, Oklahoma, back when I was a 
reporter for wrestling magazines. And all this guy, Randy Smith did was ask if I had any photos of barefooted woman wrestlers. (laughs) So my college friends, um, got a kick out of that so anyway it's a really it's really fascinating i've been listening to the tapes so i think i'm going to do that marsh i think i want to schedule that and put it up for yeah. patrons it'll be nothing really hardly wrestling related although there'll be some wrestling talk from what happened in 1976 uh but uh, just to get these two college friends uh, together and me for the first time in 50 freaking years uh, i think it'll be fun Talk about being ahead of your time. That was years before WikiFeet. Yes. <laughs> it was a real letter from this guy. And he wrote it in pencil. It was about eight pages. <laughs> I love to. And, and, and it was like, and, and, and you know, I put it, this voice, you know, Randy Smith from Tulsa, Oklahoma. I love women who wrestle barefooted and put leg locks, uh, toe locks and foot holes. And do you have and, and 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 throughout the letter he was like, "Dear John Arezzi, like in every paragraph, and he <laughs> expound on his fascination and his fetish for uh, barefoot women wrestlers. I wish I had the letter today, but uh, <laughs> when we do this college reunion show, uh, it, it gets quite the amount of coverage on it. So fantastic! It'll be a laugh riot. Let's put it that way. That's awesome. I like how you you went on it. I'm in. I'm in. I've got tons of photos of bare feet. For what you mean? I'm just kidding. (laughs) No, but there's a lot of it's a lot of of mayhem. Yeah, no, I'm always down for that stuff. I love it. I get such a kick out of that. I mean, yeah. I like how you spilled the coffee on yourself immediately. So you're like going from one call to the next, and all of a sudden, just whoa! Yeah. (laughs) So I probably didn't have the lid on it properly from 7-Eleven. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, David Schwartz, not Neil's not his biggest fan. Uh, you get Vinny from West Babylon calling in, asking about what's going on with uh, uh, the legal case against Vince, and you said which one. Uh, and uh, you kind of go on a little bit of a of a tangent about how this is bad for wrestling. That this is really bad because guys like, oh yeah, I hope this and that, and I hope he gets indicted. And you're all like, look, this is a bad scenario for everyone. Like, if he gets indicted, it's going to be a circus, and it's going to be really bad for the wrestling business. Like. Just because we don't like him doesn't mean he's not a big factor here. Yeah, of course. Uh, and then, okay, so here's our next clip with our caller. It does start, I clipped just a bit before it because you're prepping for it and then you realize that Mickey B's not in the office. 40, another 14. Where is Mickey B anyhow? Is he, he's here today? Oh, he's on tape today. Oh, for the first hour. Okay. Because usually we uh, are graced by his presence here, and uh, uh, Mickey is definitely not gracing us with his presence this morning. But he will be taking this hour over beginning next Saturday for a three-week stint, and then we'll be back here at the studios on July the 17th, live at WNYG. And don't forget, tonight and next week, no WEBD show, and we will return on WEBD direct from... God bless you, Bruce. Uh, from overseas on July the 3rd. We'll be calling in a report from Manila, and uh, Don Lionel will be giving you all the news each and every week on the EVD show beginning back on July the 3rd. We're going to go to Seaford right now and speak to Steve from Seaford. Steve, are you there? Hello? Yeah. Hey, John, what's up? How are you? By you losing the Ultimate Warrior, that was like your meal ticket, though. He's the guy who's going to draw this. Not necessarily. 
Jake the Snake Roberts is also an international uh, superstar, and everybody knows his name. Uh, and also, you got to look at the fact that uh, wrestling is a real novelty, especially we're going to Hong Kong where wrestling has not been since the uh, late 60s. So uh, it's a novelty over there, and it's going to draw well. You don't think you would have drawn more with the Ultimate Warrior? Uh, I guess I'll find out this week. But if you, if you said last week that, you know, you, can, you might bring it over... You know, over over here, like you know, promoting over here and stuff. If you had the warrior, though, you'd make so much more money because the ultimate warrior is popular around here. Well, he's a, there's a mystery, there's a mystique about the guy. You know, and from what I understand uh, from people this week, uh, the warrior is really is not going to be in the wrestling business anymore. He's not going to be in the wrestling business anymore? No. He's got a film opportunity that he's finishing up. He's signed with ICM Talent Agency out in Los Angeles. So he's going to try to become the next Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh, and I read in uh, uh, Pro Wrestling Illustrated that uh, they're bringing in Joey Buttafucko. Ah! Well, we're getting the morons today, aren't we, folks? Uh, time to invest in a seven-second delay. Now, for people out there that uh, enjoy that type of, uh, I guess you call it, uh, not maturity for sure, but just like, Stupidity, that's just that's a kind word for it. Uh, why don't you guys look in the mirror and like grow up? Okay, 661-1440 is the number to call. You know, I really wanted to go off on that. Fuck. <laughs> You're pretty upset, yeah. I knew I had a sense that it was not going to end without him saying something. I could just tell by the tone of his questions and the mm. prodding. You know, the needling a little bit. I knew that at the end of that call, he was going to say something that was not so, going to be appropriate. Something was definitely up with the whole like, yeah, but you lost Warrior. So like, you're screwed. Like, everything's yeah. like, oh, yeah, but, you know, but without Warrior, like, you're nothing. It's kind of like his tone. So I was like, when I was first hearing it, too, I was like, what's this guy doing? And then when he did it, I was like, son of a bitch. <laughs> he got away with it. And he got he was very proud. Joey, but a fucko. Ah, and he just kind of, like he like he, he might have had an orgasm when yeah. he said that and it went over the air right after you're like if you're gonna if you're going if you're gonna call in and be immature like that just yeah, call yeah. yourself like you didn't know what to say like you were just so mad but yeah that was pretty good uh pete from eaton town calls in making sure that all the arrangements are set for ecw so this was the other thing so you had these couple callers just really spoil your mood but then you had a couple of your regulars call like in, Pete. like Pete, yeah, to just and he tell even you. though he lived in Jersey, I, uh, he was just he was going to meet us there and uh, you know yeah. got him his tickets and all that. Yeah, so I was happy to hear from Pete. It was always one of my favorites. Well, yeah, and he he, he tells everybody that you know your uh, convention is going to be worth the wait. Hey guys, you don't want to miss it. No convention's better than the Resi conventions. Uh, he starts talking about Mr. Perfect's leaving WWF or WCW. So that'd be cool if you could get him for the convention. And you said that would be such a great get, but like he hears this calls in to put you over a little bit, make you feel a bit better. Mm. So I thought that was cool. Uh, you talk about the Farmingdale show again, uh, but you're right. There's like big problems. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then another guy calls in from Lindenhurst. Uh, he said his name really fast and I wasn't, sure if it was james from lindenhurst or not that we're used to but i think it was because he said that he was really glad the conventions in october because he was going to miss it because he's got a trip in august and he was really bummed out and you're like well you see we're scheduling it around your vacation and uh 
he again put you over and was telling people how great it's going to be and didn't have any question. Just wanted to say how great you are and then move on. Uh, that does bring us though to the last clip I have. It's really close to the end of the show. You talk to Dennis for just a minute and then you get Mike from college point on the phone. Mike Johnson. Cool. Hello, you're next. Hi, John. Yes. It's James from Lennarist. Um I want to say I'm probably in the minority here, but I'm really glad that you're holding your convention out in uh, October because uh, I asked to go on vacation in, uh, in August, and I was, that was one thing that really upset me is I was going to miss a convention this year. Well, maybe that's why we planned it around your vacation, James. Definitely, yeah. No, but I want to tell everybody, though, if, uh, if you haven't gone to one of uh, John Rice's conventions, you got to go to this. I mean, last year it was like it's like everyone's a family there. Everyone, like, knows each other. We just – because, I mean, it's like uh, – you go there, and it's pretty much everyone else that's uh, interested in pro wrestling, and you got a lot of diehards there, and you got wrestlers walking around. It's it's great. It's like uh, it's nothing you've ever seen before. Well, I appreciate those comments. Oh, you got it, John. Right, thanks a lot. Take care now. Six six one fourteen forty. Another few minutes to go here. And don't forget two o'clock park and ride, and uh, we will be leaving for Philadelphia approximately two p.m. Dennis, what is up with you, man? What's uh, one your next match is this uh, this coming Wednesday night? Yeah, it's Wednesday night, John. And things are going good? You, going good. I don't know who my opponent is yet, but I'm hoping somebody I got a, a little feud going with, either Damian Stone or Kodiak Bad, just to finish my little feud with him. So they they uh, destroyed my partner bad enough where he didn't show up last time. So they had to give me somebody else. This time I want to finish the feud with one of those two. Okay, Duke. And you're working about once a month now? Yeah, once a month. Okay. Mike from College Point will be joining us next here at the program. Mike, you are next. John, how you doing? How you doing, Mike? Hello? Yeah, I'm here. You there? Yeah, I'm here, John. What's going on? Uh, I was just wondering if the rumors were true that WCW was coming back at the end of July to the Paramount. That's possible. That's a possibility. I haven't heard a specific date on that. Because yeah, I had heard 23rd. Oh, really? July 23rd? Yeah, I, that's what I had heard, that they were coming back the week after Beach Blast. Oh, that would be very nice. It's not true. Okay. Well, I don't know if it is or not, to tell you the truth. I haven't heard anything about them coming back up here. I heard that they were thinking about it, but the houses are so poor. Uh, and if they're coming back July 23rd, that's just a month away. How can they promote it? Well, that's WCW, you well, know. that's WCW for you. Yeah. Well, we'll, no, we'll check on that. There were people at Raw the last taping saying that that's what the Garden was telling them. You know, but really? I don't know. They haven't mentioned it or anything else. Well, hasn't it? No, I think it was. If, if it was July twenty third, if it was in July, that would have, that word would have been out already. Yeah, because I'd like them to come back. You know, granted, as long as they don't run another Paramount show like they did last time. Yeah, well, you what know? can you expect from them at this point? Uh, as for the convention, I have one request. What's that? Big Van Vader. Oh, that would be great, wouldn't it? If you can't get him, just bring in Sid. Yeah, <laughs> one or the other, right? That would work. Yeah. That'd be fun. Yeah, well, I guess we'll take, start taking a poll here uh, when we come back on the air as far as what the fans would really, who would they'd really like to see at the convention. Yeah. And uh, that, would, that would go over. All right, Mike. Thanks, John. Take care. Bye. Okay, if you'd like to uh, send your suggestions as far as who you would like at the Weekend of Champions this coming October, why don't you just drop us a line and uh, just send it to me at uh, this address, 136 North Carl Avenue, C-A-R-L-L, Suite 125, Babylon, New York, 11702. And just write your suggestions down, and uh, we'll be more than happy to try to see and look into uh, some of these uh, celebrities that you like to see and meet in person at Weekend of Champions. And, of course, that's going to about uh, wrap it up here, about another minute to go. I want to thank Dennis for stopping by, Sir Dennis Knight for stopping by, and uh, uh, we are very, very excited about leaving the country this coming Thursday. Can I answer this question for this little boy that just called What's that? Contract run out.
Uh, he signed a two-year deal, and uh, I'll try to check into that when time we get back to see when his contract will be up. Not another show in the books. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of a weird show just because it was all calls, so it's kind of all over the place. You didn't have a ton of direction, but I thought it was really good. Like, you had to put up with some stuff, <laughs> but it was fun. It was surprisingly entertaining to me when I was pulling it up and going through it because I was like, no guests, all calls. Who knows? That's you know? what I figured too. And then I started listening to it. I'm like, well, you know, this guy, that one, this other call. No, there's so it was entertaining for what we're trying to do here. I think it uh, certainly was uh, an entertaining show. Yeah, I agree. I think it's really cool. And I was also pretty happy with how in depth you got with the warrior conversation. Yeah. There's a yeah, lot of I mean, he, he put me through hell, you know, and uh, he, he really did. I mean, because I was just the demands and he kept upping the money and upping the money and and it was just horrible. I mean, if he wasn't interested in doing it, he just should have said so. Yeah, right. I thought it was neat too. The or just kind of insane that he had ten thousand pounds of perceived merchandise he was going to be bringing. Yeah, like that's a lot. That's a lot. Like, yeah. So I was, I don't know. I thought it was just neat, just because you've consistently been a little bit. You're only like inching so far as to putting it out there. And at a certain point, it just sounds like you're getting frustrated enough to be like, you know what? This is the this is the matter of fact, and so yeah. it is what it is. Yeah, and you know, even next week, it's uh, for next week's show when we do the review of the two shows from Southeast Asia, like the first show with all the all the, you have a ton of wrestlers on that show, and it's only half an hour, so we're doing it in rapid fire. Here's Medusa. Here's Greg Valentine. Here's Bob Orton. Here's the Power Twins. Here's Sunny Beat. Da, 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 da. And and then on the second show from Singapore, we had lost a Hong Kong date because their ticket sales were soft. Hmm. So um, so the second show was like the tour was over, and we were you know. Finishing up, we just did a double shot in Singapore, and uh, the tour is basically over. And at that point of the tour, after you're together with everyone for two and a half, three weeks, everybody hated each other. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone just wanted to get the F home. And it was kind of, you know, there was kind of the dialogue that we'll go through next week about how everyone just wants to get home and, and get away from each other. And uh, so anyway, it's very it's very entertaining stuff. It really is. It really is. So uh, uh, I think people are really going to dig that, especially Donnie kind of co-hosting and asking me questions about what's going on in the tour and, and, and triggering my memory as I listened to it when I uploaded it. Uh, so it's really fascinating stuff about my first tour overseas and I think people are going to enjoy it. And there's really some good, some good guests, some good comments and a lot of comedy from the power twins. That's great. Yeah. I'm glad they're on that tour, but I, I don't know. Cause we, they also talk about, you know, cause they, they tortured the minis, the Mexican <laughs> minis on that tour. I mean, they absolutely tortured them. And I, I, I should find the footage of like, we were on a plane and, um, and Espectrito was one of the Mexican minis and he's dozing off on the plane. And that's something you don't do. (laughs) Right. Yeah. So, 
somebody, and it was one of the twins, uncapped a talcum powder uh, container and dumped it on his head while the guy was sleeping, you know? And so when he woke up and he saw what was going on, and I have this, I was filming, I was filming. (laughs) It was, uh, and he just kind of touched his head and he saw white and then he was like, and then all of a sudden, Sunny Beach, somebody just starts hitting him on top of the head. So the entire plane started filling up with this talc and powder. So much on. <laughs> I got a lot of that, a lot of that candid footage. I mean, I really have to make an effort to go through a lot of that stuff because I think people would really dig that on our YouTube channel and our Patreon page. I think so because I think it's also one of the fascinations people have with the wrestling business is the stuff that people aren't talking about or just. There's so much time between matches. Like wrestling shows are a couple hours a night, but yeah. everyone's together for hours and hours before. So the yeah. ribs, the pranks, the dealings with everyone. A lot of that went on overseas. A lot of it. And those poor Mexican minis were they felt the brunt. They 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 would they would actually they would actually try to steer clear of the power twins. Because even when the promoters rented us this private island for the day, mm-hmm. uh the power twins proceeded in, you know, with Mascarita Sagrada, like the guy didn't, he didn't know how to swim. So the power twins pick him up and they t- take him, trying to take him deep into the ocean. And there's a lot of that shit going on. And um, uh, there was just a lot, there's a lot of crazy shit that went on. It's insane. That is crazy. Uh, but yeah, we're going to be getting through. I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing about Donnie too, because Donnie always gives a hundred percent of what he can and he tries so hard uh to be professional and to be a good interview so i look yeah. forward to, to i'm gonna you. try to find bruce jacobs because bruce was there with me mm-hmm. and he would be a good uh person for the show and unfortunately for whatever reason he uh he, he took himself off facebook so mm. uh, you know he just dropped us he's not there anymore uh, so I got to try to find him, find out if he can do uh, a taping because he was there for the, yeah. you know, he was my right hand on this tour and he was ribbed the entire time by Barbarian. Wow. Because Barbarian was ribbing him like Barbarian was ribbing Bruce like he was into Bruce, like into, into Bruce. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Br- Brucey, come sit on Barbie's lap. Like <laughs> stuff like that the entire tour. <laughs> there was so much going on. And I'm trying to think who else would be a really good guest. Can't can't bring the twins on. Yeah. Because you know, that's that's a lost cause. It's a mess. You know, Sunny Beach, I don't know. I mean, but Bruce would be a good one. Even Deborah Medusa, but I'm like there wasn't a lot of controversy. She spent the entire tour with like her and Greg Valentine were just buying Rolexes oh. and and they were in love at the time, you know? Yeah. Um, so uh, even ha- having her on, and she is on both of those episodes, like she's in the, she's on there with me. Yeah. So uh, and I don't even know how much she remembers of it, to be honest with you. Like a yeah, lot of people wonder... don't. It's just another tour for them. Wendy Richter to me is a good name because after the screw job, just as far as like the casual history yeah. goes, we don't hear much from her. I know. I have her phone number. I mean, we met at the eighty, the nineties, eighties WrestleCon, and 
but when I listened to the two shows I was uploading, she wasn't on the. She was. She didn't do any of the interviews. Okay. And DDP, you know, he would be a good one too because it was his first tour ever. Yeah. But you know, he doesn't respond to me. I texted him. He asked who it was. I said John Arizzi, and then it was like he ghosted me. He was like nothing. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, oh, great. I've been looking for that number to block. Yeah, click. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, and Conan, you know, we've had him on recently. But uh, uh, and, and Co- yeah, I'm not going to give away the farm here, but it, it was really yeah. interesting. The dialogue between uh, Conan and Paulie that was on the tour. So anyway, we'll review that next. Did, week. Do you know just well, uh, did Wendy Richter do much after? she left WWF that we saw or like when you reach out to her, was she not doing much indie? Nothing major. She was just doing indie shots. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And she had married and she was pretty well off as I believe she is today. I mean, um, she just kind of like got fed up with the business and just didn't do much unless there was an opportunity to bring her back for a special shot or, or appearance. And, um, when I asked her to do this tour is because I was a big fan of hers and her history and everything that she did with rock and wrestling. And, yeah. and, uh, it was, she was one of the easiest people ever to work with. Just great in every single way. And what a professional and her and Medusa had some really good matches over there. It's such a shame. I think Wendy Richter in, in history doesn't get nearly the recognition that no. she should. And it's such a shame that she got screwed the way she did. Yeah. Basically for asking for a close to equal footing to what she deserved. Yeah. Yeah. And I said, that's what you get for asking for what you deserve. Right. And look how important she was. I mean, they yeah. could have picked anyone, but she was at the right place at the right time with Cindy Lauper and David Wolf and uh, that whole thing with Captain Lou. And it was just like this great storyline, great angle. And yeah. she was the perfect one to do it at that time. And she was that big that it made sense. She yeah. was that important. Like she was the only other, she was the only woman getting promoted on the same kind of wavelength as Hogan. She was animated. She was on lunchboxes. Like, yes, she was, was Hogan and Wendy. She was a yeah. star, big star. Yep. And then she was like, Hey, can I get paid like a star? And I said, tell you what, we're just going to ruin your career. instead. I'm just going <laughs> to screw you. <laughs> it's like, and that on. was that. And they, and they yeah. screwed her at the title and, and then she left and never returned. Yeah. It's just That's a shame. Sad story. That's why I was excited when I heard you had her on your Southeast Asia tour. I was like, yeah. oh. Yeah. yeah. And she had done my convention the year before, and it was just great to work with her. She was just a just sweet person who never caused any problem, showed up, worked hard, and uh, to this day, one of the fondest memories of any of the performers I worked with was with her. Awesome. Well, we're gonna we're gonna see how much uh, how much funness you have next week as you call live from the area. I'm gonna go through a lot of video and see what I could pull. Yeah, because I think there's some really classic stuff there. Even the promos with this Filipino guy that was doing the backstage interviews. I mean, it is there is one on YouTube right now. This guy was he would have been a star in America as a, yeah. as a backstage uh, interviewer, his facial expressions. Uh, it, it was just, I forgot his name, but it's it just, everyone got a kick out of him. So anyway, that's up on YouTube for sure. And uh, I'll, I'll try to 
see what else we got that we could promote for the next episode so people can go right to YouTube. And there's a lot of stuff on Patreon already from IWAS Tour. There's a lot of stuff up there right now on video. So um, if you want to check it out, patreon.com slash John Arezzi, and you could be able to see it. I mean, this is really a good compliment to what we're going to be doing, like not only on this show and leading up to this tour and then the next episode when we actually review uh, those shows from overseas. Yeah. And anybody who goes to the YouTube, if you um, reorganize by date and have the oldest videos up top, some of the earliest stuff you posted was old IWAS stuff. So uh, anybody who's looking to dig around in the YouTube to catch some of that too. Go to the oldest. oldest. Yes. There you go. Yeah. And uh, not all of it's posted publicly, but there is some stuff. And then some of it has not been posted publicly and we're going to take a look at it. Yeah. Now it's time that maybe we make it public, right? Yeah. We're going to look through it and see what we have and yeah. And see what else I got, especially the, you know, the plane rides, you know, the footage from the plane rides is fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because I have all the, all of the, I have footage going overseas and coming home. And I have all of the reactions, and, you know, everyone's excited on the way there. Was it like a VHS camcorder, like those big ones? Yeah, it was a VHS camcorder. Yes. VHSC, uh. the, the mini cartridges. Yeah. Yeah. So I have probably about 20 of those. Fantastic. Yeah, and we have, you know, we filmed uh, the Philippines uh, with a, you know, three, four camera shoot. I actually still have one of the VHSs that's the converter for that, where it's the VHS that yes. opens in the middle for the little. Yeah, tape. I got it. Yeah, I got yeah. those too. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, so there's just a lot. There's a lot, and I, I just yeah. that candid footage alone is just, just priceless stuff. And it's incredible. That's why a lot of people have said, you know, there should be like one company like Pro Wrestling TV. They were wanting to do a documentary on that tour, like, you know, the greatest tour no one ever saw. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but then, of course, uh, you know, the financials weren't there for me to even consider doing it when there's yeah. no money involved. And I think they're also out of business now, aren't they? I don't think they lasted super long. Yeah. There's still some content up there, but I haven't talked yeah. to that guy in over a year. And um, but, yeah, I mean, it is a, it is um, it is fodder for a uh, uh, for a show. I mean, a doc or uh, something for Netflix or yeah. one of the streaming services, because it it really captured what wrestling and the superstars of that era were. And especially when you have the behind the scenes and there's a Jake, the snake interview in a dark hotel room where he's just talking about his life and his past with a reporter Uh, and uh, the TV interviews we did, the TV shows we did, the traveling in the streets of the Philippines with the, the immense poverty and people chasing our, our bus. And as soon as we got out of the bus, uh, people would be coming up to us trying to sell cigarettes or, and they were just destitute. Yeah. And then you go to Singapore, which is one of the wealthiest countries. What a difference. Yeah. Yeah. There's an amazing, uh, amazing, um, experience. Yeah. Uh, I'm excited to go through it. Anyway, yeah, that's uh, I'm rambling. So anyway, I guess you know I'm flying back in my memory 30 years. So it's that's the most fascinating part about all of this, Marsh. As you know, it's like for me, it's I'm going back in time and reliving my life over again with these clips and these shows and these experiences. Yeah, not a lot of people get to do that. 
No, they don't. And that's what's been fun doing it with you is I'll message you about something before we even go live. And you're like, I have no idea. And then by the time we get here, you're like, you know what? I do. I, I dug this up. I found this. Or same thing with Medusa. We were talking about some stuff. And she was like, yeah, I have no recollection whatsoever. I don't believe that I was ever around that person. And then two days later, I get a phone call saying, oh, my God, I just had this vivid yep. memory. That happens a yeah. lot. And it was like we were in the bathroom and they were coming this way and there was something happening over here. Like it was this all of a sudden that just struck. So it was like. I love that stuff. Like it's cool. Otherwise that stuff's lost. Yeah. So everyone should annoy uh, PSN, the premier streaming network. Tell them you need, they need to buy John Arezzi stuff. Everyone bother them. They're new. Hey, if anybody out there news. wants to buy the entire collection, you want to buy all the archives, the photographs, the negatives, the films, the tapes. I'm open for business. Yeah. Let's with do it. One buyer. Oh. You should sell it all to Donnie. <laughs> yeah, Donnie got rid of all his stuff. He had a big, he had a huge collection, and the negatives that he had, he got rid of all that stuff. I couldn't believe when he said that when, oh, I was, when we were talking to him, and he said was it was all devastated. gone. I was like, what? He was such yeah. a great photographer, and he was he captured everything I did. Yeah. Anyway. Oh yeah, so there's a bunch of stuff from your stuff that was in that collection, huh? Yeah, conventions. Yeah, he was there. He was on tour. He went. He came down to. Uh, he went to the Chicago show I did with ECW and um, and with AAA. He went to uh, Caracas, Venezuela. Wow. Well, yeah. And he came, huh. yeah he was there. That's for everything. Huh. All right. Well. Anyway. All right, Marsh. Thank you again. <laughs> Please let everybody know how they could find you on all this social media stuff, and I'm, I think we'll have a new platform. Uh, uh, was it called Thread or something that uh, Facebook is starting up uh, this week? It's a, is that what it is? It's comp. Com it's a. Uh, it's competition to Twitter, and it'll be launched. It's on. Uh, you know who knows what's going to happen, but there's another platform now. Is there? I remember Hive didn't go well. No, they weren't one, ready for it. Pretty big, yeah. This one is yeah. like they're they're making a big. They're going right after uh, yeah. Elon Musk and Twitter. And uh, Facebook is a lot. They they and already have servers. Twitter challenged Zuckerberg to a cage match. So good, so good. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, as of right now, I'm uh, I'm at Ref Marsh on uh, Twitter, but I'm not all that active on there. I'm more online on Instagram, uh, which is at Marsh Ref. Uh, outside of that, I'm on the YouTube's YouTube.com/slash Queen of Carnage, YouTube.com/slash Wrestling on the Rocks, YouTube.com/slash Pro Wrestling Spotlight. Come by, hang out, and a hell of a job you do on all of it, my friend. Thank you so much, John. You're welcome. You're welcome. And that'll wrap up this edition of John Arisi's Pro Wrestling Spotlight. Uh, check out all of our socials. I mean, Matt Memories on Facebook. If you want to follow me directly on Instagram, it's at John Arisi. Twitter, at John Arisi as well. Uh, the new episode of Matt Memories from Madison Square Garden is up right now, covering the uh, June 4th, 1973 show at Madison Square Garden and our special guest, Carrie Silken. So check that out wherever you listen to your podcast. That's Matt Memories from Madison Square Garden, available everywhere. Uh, and uh, please, as I say once again, uh, if you uh, can uh, uh, not get that one cup of coffee a month on at Starbucks or 7-Eleven or wherever you get your coffee and put that five bucks towards a Patreon membership, uh, we would greatly appreciate it. Patreon.com slash John Arezzi. And I want to thank our producer, creative director, Marsh. And I want to thank our Patreon executive producers, Anthony Pyrus and Joe Holloway. And for all the patrons who are helping support 
production costs for this show. Until next week, when we relive more history and talk about Southeast Asia, this is John Arezzi for Pro Wrestling Spotlight. Thank you.